newbie. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast with me, Jabril, the Movie Newbie, and the two aficionados, Ollie and Raf. So enjoy the show. Right before we start the show, I need to plug something really, really quick. If you're free on the 27th of November and you live in London, come to Finch Cafe in London Fields. Ollie and I, we're going to be DJing for this event called Temps Rising. We're going to be trying to raise some money for Great Ormond Street Hospital. And yes, it's a good cause. So if you want to come, go on to Resident Advisor and get yourself a ticket. You're going to be supporting a great, great cause. You're going to see me and Ollie mixing it up. And you're probably going to meet Raf too, because he's going to come and cheer us on. So if you want to meet us, you want to hang out, you want to listen to some, some good music, then please come down. Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back again for another episode of The Movie Newbie. This time we have a new movie. A new theme, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. And um, yeah, without further ado, we've got the two usual guys here with us, Ollie and Raf. How about you guys say hello? Hello. 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 Was at the same time. Yeah, yeah almost, almost a almost. jinx moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yep, I I'm the same newbie as well, Jabril. I'm here again, and um, I guess today we have this movie called Twelve Angry Men for our single look. No. <laughs> almost well it is kind of a single location it is no, a single maybe it's location. our summer our summer summer feeling theme no uh, it could, it could have fit in, it, could... it could have fit into several of the categories yeah. actually True. yeah True. yeah this is a, actually i thought this film could have fit into any of our categories but anyways we have another masterpiece or is it master minds or master master oh master oh, series it was just yeah masters. the masters that's it mm. yes sydney lumet um, so how about Raf? You take it away um, with your initial thoughts on this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was very, very excited to 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 be thrust back in this film. Um, it had been a hot minute, uh, an angry minute, let's say, uh, since I've since I've seen this film. The, 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 don't worry, this won't be filled with puns. Um, I, I hope. Uh, so I was I was really excited, and you know, just to to have watched this again, I was just as odd as baffled as surprised as enthralled as my first time and i think that this movie if it if anything has only resonated stronger throughout time and it is quite timeless especially today of all days with you know the verdict of what we've received across the pond in america with chauvin you know, jurors giving their decisions to convicted or wrongly acquitted or wrongly convicted um, or fully convicted um, criminals. And this just always, always has such a special place in my heart um, with such fine-tuned performances. I mean, I've, I've, I've dipped into these monologues before. So I, yeah, it was, it was such a pleasure to watch it again as a 28-year-old. So uh, I didn't realize that you have um, performed monologues from this film before. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've dipped, I've, I've dipped into some, uh, especially the the last one, um, Lee Lee Jacobs monologue, juror number three. Number three, right? Um, yeah. Who, I guess, spoiler alert, he's my favorite. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, and it's and it's been really fun to 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 just see them, you know, do it for the first time 
in that in that in that space uh, and then for me to take it on and be like oh let me try it this way but yeah we won't talk in, into that but what, what were your guys thoughts that's that's what i really want to hear um jabriel our movie newbie mm. so yeah it was it was a good quick movie um mm. there was something about the movie that reminded me of um uh i don't know i can't really think about it because like i thought i wrote a note about it but it, i don't think i did um <laughs> But Missing notes. I, I did really like it. Um, the back and forth between a bunch of the characters really seemed, um, I don't know, engaging to me. And then, uh, yeah, there was like a lot of good stuff, but also stuff that I just didn't really care about. Um, it seemed a little... Because I'm comparing this to uh, Hitchcock and Rear Window. Mm. So I don't know if there's any like comparison between the two directors or if you know but like it seemed like Hitchcock spent a lot more time on like everything rather than just like um the characters and the plot while um Lumet it seems like what was going on is important and like for example setting um what they wore I mean it didn't really look nice to me so yeah I, and I really liked uh What's his name? Number six. The guy opposite Fonda. Uh, Edward, Edward Bins. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him. Mm. Not, not the baseball guy, the one next to him. Yeah. 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 So yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's my initial thoughts. I mean, I, I didn't know where to go because for me it was just like, cool, nice movie, mm. nice plot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Oli, your thoughts? Yeah, so um, I was really looking forward to revisiting this film. I had seen it when I was a teenager because it's one of those films that um, I think is frequently cited as kind of like essential viewing if you're into movies. But not just if you're into movies. I think it's one of those films that like your dad or a teacher tells you you have to watch even if you're not necessarily a cinephile. It's just like essential viewing period for someone who wants to, I don't know, um, learn about the world or learn about how we should treat one another as human beings or learn about justice um learn about the values that we espouse in our homes and outside of our homes and um so yeah i saw it when i was a teenager and i remember it having a pretty profound effect on me i, I remember being um struck by how uh enthralled i was by a film that largely took place in inside a as you kind of pointed out, Jibriel, a, a pretty bland room. I mean, it's, it's, I, I've never had jury duty myself, but I've heard it can be like, I've heard the experience is largely incredibly dull and tedious. Um, and so to take that kind of, that, that pretext and that premise and turn it into something that's really engaging and entertaining um, and, and complex is in less than like, in basically 90 minutes is um, really skillful. Um, and so I was, I really enjoyed it back then, but I hadn't seen it since then. And I watched it and watching it this time, uh, you know, the effect had not dulled on me whatsoever. I found it to be, uh, extraordinarily watchable. I think, uh, you know, you bring up Hitchcock and you say that it seems like Lumet's less interested in, I suppose, like the aesthetic qualities of the mm -hmm. film or the technical qualities and more interested in just perhaps the script or the acting. Yeah. I think Cause I, you know cause I have two. Those are the only two movies that I've seen. I guess from that era, and I, they're not really golden age. Were, were, I see. were they the fifties? Uh, they're both in I the fifties. Was this film the fifties? Was it like the, the early sixties? Fifty-seven. So yeah, fifties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're. I mean, for me, it's like oh, it's black and white. So 
Yeah. Of them together. It, it belongs so in that time. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember saying for our Hitchcock episode that, like, it's hard for me to say anything because I have nothing to compare it to. Mm. So this is the first movie that I can compare it to, but, like, still, it's just two movies now. So. Well, perhaps yeah. there's a theme in there somewhere. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, the Golden um, Age series, hmm. yeah. So, but, Raph, I think you have something planned for us. Oh, I, I just yeah, I well, really finish that. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Ollie, finish, finish that thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap up my uh, in, uh, uh, intro thoughts uh, quickly. But, sorry, I was going to say just that I think that the film is a technical um, masterpiece as well. I think the effects that he employs are really subtle, and we can get into this later. Mm. But I think the way it's staged, the way it's um, filmed, the way it's even uh, mixed, like the sound, I think mm. is really, really impressive. And we can go into some examples of that later. But I just think it's, you know, kind of a masterclass across the board. And um, I think, yeah, I, 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 I'll just say this again. I think it's essential viewing for anyone. So, mm. yeah. Cool. Well, you know what? Two, two, two different um, thoughts. And, and I love that. I love that um, that we can like, have, have this ball bounce back uh, and forth with this film. Uh, and the first thing that I wanted to kind of set up is, you know, structure this podcast a little bit, maybe, uh, and, and go with our initial pillar, which is the ensemble. I thought that this film without the ensemble, without these 12 men, mm. couldn't be a film. We couldn't, there, there would be no film. Um, so I thought the, that, that, that those 12 really were the spine of the movie. Uh, they held the movie, they held the drama afloat. They, 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 they were compelling. It, it, it made sure that the story was riveting. It ebbed and flowed. There was twists and turns. There was stops and starts. There was slows and speeds. You know, uh, it, the ensemble made sure of that, that it was in comparison to any choreographed fight sequence. You have this ensemble that are doing words of battle with words, battle with sentences, you know, backs and back and forth, um, which, yeah, as, as much as you can watch an action film and be like, whoa, that's cool. Like that for me is, is, is just as thrilling as, as any sequences that you would get from a chase. Um, and also the power of listening, but I'll, I'll just leave that there. Um, because mm -hmm. I got, especially this viewing, I got as much from the actors listening to the actors speaking. And I found that really interesting as an actor, because we're always told the one note we're given is to listen, you know, listen, take that in. And then so this this film was really an actor's film. for me. I it just really... on that point about the reacting. Sorry, I remember once hearing um, an actor of some kind saying that the, the way you tell the difference between just any old actor and someone who's really skilled, properly trained actor is you don't watch them when they're speaking. Like you said, you watch them when they're not speaking, you watch them mm. when someone else in the scene is speaking because an actor will always be reacting mm. and will convey as much when they're off stage as when they're on stage. So yeah. I and that's I thought, a really good point. I thought that that was a part of, of this movie's masterclass is that ensemble listening and being present with one another. Um, so yeah, I can hand it over to, to one of you, how you felt the ensemble really brought this film, um, what they brought to this film. We can talk about specific jurors, we can talk about, you know, highlights, we can talk about, because this movie also was littered with monologues, with, with individual speeches um, that, that, that took on board the, the drama and really highlighted these personalities, because they're all varied personalities, they're all very um, distinct from one another. Um, and yeah, if we could just, kind of bounce back and forth about mm. that and thoughts about the ensemble. 
Well, yeah, I think this is one of the all-time movie ensembles. Mm-hmm. I think I'll say that I think um, bringing it to the script level, I think the um, the 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 filmmakers do a, and the actors do a really good job of a, of taking time at the beginning of the film before you uh, you get into kind of like the deliberation over the verdict to establish subtly, I think, not in a really um, out over the top kind of way to establish their like personalities and their mm-hmm. distinct character traits because you have that first five minutes where they're kind of awkwardly sort of milling about the room you get the sense that they've been hanging out with each other for the last six days or whatever it is which you're forced to do mm. um injury duty and you're not allowed to go and see anyone outside of you know the court and you just see them kind of like bounce off each other a little bit and try to make small talk and it uses that opportunity to kind of establish what their kind of character traits are and like how they're going to be sort of composing and throwing their weight around once you get into the arguments and debates absolutely yeah yeah no for sure and it's 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 one of those things that you for me what 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 really resonated this time around is the idiosyncrasies that each individual has like you can just get a mannerism just by the way they cough or the way they wipe their sweat or the way each character has just their own unique kind of mannerisms which sets them apart from everyone or how they there's even like coughing that you can hear or echoing or just these little subtle touches that you're like wow this is a fully lived space that we're witnessing there is no Mm -hmm. moment where i was like there's acting or this is that uh or um i was just completely glued um but that's just me i'm just gonna rave about this film fuck i'm just gonna say so many positive things please like for me i don't know because like i'm just reading my notes and they're not great like they're not positive. <laughs> These so, are not like, good. It's, it's very hard to. Well, then good. But please agree with throw, you guys. throw it on um, board. Like throw for it on me, board. my first, my first um, opinion of most of the characters were that they were very one-dimensional, and that mm. they were written for a specific purpose to to say, to to give a point. You know, like um, a lot of the performances were great, but like the things that I don't know. I guess for the purpose of the movie, you have 12 people, so you have to have 12 kind of points of view. And that's mm-hmm. the only thing they tell you. But like what I was trying to say earlier, you know, like the the suits they wore, for example, they, to me, they all looked like they were from the same social class or they worked the same job. You know, there was no very variation in the type of suits or how one person can, the only person that really stood out to me was the ad guy from uh, number 12, I think he was. Uh, the dude with the glasses who used to, who Robert told jokes Weber. and yeah, yeah. Um, he was the only one that I'm like okay this guy looks pretty professional but in in terms of like the the aesthetic like differentiation it didn't make sense um, mm. the setting itself it looked like paper you know like the walls they kind of looked like it didn't look like lived in you know like it didn't mm. look like a room that other men sat in and had other conversations it didn't feel like that you know it just looked like a just like every other box it looked like just another shade i mean a a similar shade of gray but Mm -hmm. i mean i mean a but a uh, i think for it to be like realistic or natural Mm -hmm. the um room would have to have a somewhat bland it's it's not i'm not talking about the bland quality i mean just the room looked like yesterday they set up this room and that's what it looks like it didn't look grimy like yeah okay it like the, a effect, set. the effect of heat mm. came off okay but like 
other than that, I mean, it didn't really seem like, yeah, it seemed like a set. Mm, and I should I should I hit hit with a fun fact straight away? Okay, Go so um, when Fonda actually came on set, because he's like the main star, I guess, mm. like the main actor. I don't Juror know. Juror number eight, eight, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, Correct. And, um, Correct. A, yeah. You win. Right. <laughs> there's a quote where he said, um, "Your backdrops are shit, uh, Hitchcock. <laughs> uh, your your backdrops are shit. Um, I much preferred the backdrops. From, I I fucked up the notes, but it was like basically Hitchcock backdrops. You could walk right through them, and in this movie it was trash. And like when you saw, they were like both looking out the window when they're closing the windows mm. when it started to rain. Um, you can look, and it just looks like." like freaking shadows of buildings in the back. Like it's not really anything, but I guess I'm nitpicking when it comes to that. Um, Cause I, the back and forth between the characters and things, I, I, I enjoyed a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that, so that, you know. Um, there was no connection between what I was seeing and what I was hearing mm. or feeling. That's. But you touched upon, jarring. you touched upon a, a nice point there where the energy you still felt. So despite, despite having maybe a, a lack for detail or a lack for realism with its set or with its interior, there was still an energy that carried throughout uh, between each character and their arguments and their presented arguments. For me their... here, I said carried by number eight. Carried by number eight. Yeah. Henry, yeah. yeah. Henry by, Henry, it's Henry, by carried eight. by Henry's eyes. Yeah. There is something else that you touched on there. You said that uh, in contrast to what we were saying, you felt, you felt that a lot of the characters were pretty one note and you felt that mm -hmm. they were all rather mm -hmm. than real people multi-dimensional mm -hmm. nuanced people yeah. you were they were caricatures meant to express one particular distinct point yeah of view. each yeah and i i can't like disagree with you there actually mm -hmm. i think you're mm -hmm. probably correct but i i think this is like this brushes up on a subject that would be good for us to we'll probably end up talking a lot about during this podcast which mm -hmm. is the staginess of this right mm -hmm. so this is like by its very um you know by by the nature of its very setup could be seen as a very stagey kind of film and stage adaptations and i don't think this actually originated as a state as a stage play i believe it was no, a, a it television was a film yeah it was a television film exactly but it turned into a play and then they made it, a movie yes and then they made a movie so, like 30 years ago so after after i think after the movie it, it, it quickly became adapted by for the stage uh, right right leave. but but the I think other 12 angry men movie is a remake of this movie Yes, in nineteen ninety something. I think nineteen ninety. Yeah. Because I okay. almost watched that movie. <laughs> it, it's more contemporary, so I think you'll okay. maybe get more out of it because what you're talking about feels that there was a lack of maybe contemporary, um, a, a contemporary essence of a realistic nature of a more groundedness to to, to the world that we're accustomed to. Whereas I think um, these caricatures highlighted uh, themes. They were mm -hmm. they were themes. They were they were personalities that that evoked um, certain parts of the world or certain parts of what they were trying to evoke from their uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. So the immigrant came in with his kind of immigrant stature, and that's how he well, saw the world, or you know stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah, what, what was yeah exactly what I was going to say was that I think that would be more easily forgivable in a stage play because you have got a limited amount of time, a limit usually like plays often unfold in one or two acts mm -hmm. in a single contained location. So you need the drama to kind of, um, uh, and the characterization to kind of emerge quickly. 
um, you need it to kind of you need to kind of speed that process up. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a film, you can set it over years and have like a hundred different scenes elapsing over an hour in mm -hmm. order to show character progression or growth. But here, you kind of have to have um, uh, people's natures come out really quickly if they're going to clash against one another in this mm -hmm. way. And it may have felt like you're kind of watching like um, you know, like a like a like a philosophical debate or like a, mm -hmm. a classroom debate personified by twelve different people. Yeah. But I think there's undoubtedly a kind of um, a more I mean, like philosophical purpose, of purpose to this film. Yeah, exactly. But I think that it's it's finessed in a really good way and mm -hmm. made to, made into like compelling drama, even if it mm -hmm. isn't quote unquote super realistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it just yeah. it, they they hold they they ascertain values um, of their own that they then bring on board to challenge these debates mm -hmm. and to challenge their, their, their conversations. But also they represent, uh, you know, each, each represent a, uh, a, a way of, of, they each represent kind of symbolism between mm -hmm. each of them. You know, each of them has a symbolic virtue that they bring on board of like how they view the verdict or how they view the acquittal, um, which then spars or, 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 or conflicts, um, each and every juror or some of them even befriend one another and you know by the end of it I think the drama is that you get one Henry who objects uh, who, who who denies or who, who is the one who, who doesn't um, who rejects the vote uh, and then with 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 empathy with with perspective he manages to you know reverse the reverse the whole thing around and I think it's which we're probably going to highlight is is about the the value uh, of a human being, the value of one human being mm -hmm. through a sentence, the value the the empathy of humans as they make this decision for one little kid who's about to be charged for murder. Mm. Like yeah. in like, I was thinking when I watched this movie, none of this empathy and like feelings of like human life actually came up to me because like if you for example start the same situation again but it was 11 for not guilty and one for guilty or mm -hmm. let's say one for i don't believe that it's not guilty if you argued the opposite arguments in the same way at the end of the movie it would have gone for guilty mm. so like that was one thing that i found i found interesting in this movie because they were questioning the law not the person itself like it's like innocent yeah, until yeah, proven guilty it's yeah, the system yeah because that's the cornerstone of at yeah. least american court system that's yeah. like the foundation founding principle is that mm. you're pre presumed innocent until guilty and mm -hmm. it's not even there's a reason you don't declare someone innocent as opposed you say not guilty because you're not mm. saying that they didn't necessarily commit the, the crime problem. you're just saying that beyond a reasonable shadow of doubt mm. you can't in a court of law prove mm. that they committed that crime and to um to, to give someone who is innocent a fair trial um, is much, much more... To give everyone a fair trial is much, much more important than potentially letting someone who did commit a crime mm -hmm. walk out of there a free man. If the... Do you think the, the conversation that they had would be as powerful if that opening scene didn't happen with the monologue and the, the face of the, the kid? Because you I wouldn't like, know the, the person they're talking about. Right, if you removed, if you remove the that third party, yeah, yeah, because then it would only be the twelve men. It's interesting. I think that would have been like I did wonder that while watching it this time. I think it could have been a more, it could have certainly been a bold choice to like mm. make 
the the person and the crime that they're talking about completely a complete abstraction to the mm-hmm. audience. But I, I I do love that um, opening narration just because it and acts as a nice bookend to the film as to what you have mm. afterwards, and then also I like that shot that 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 close up shot we have of the um, the accused or of the of the one mm. who the defendant mm-hmm. the kid because you get a few of these sh- of these like portrait close up shots later in the film mm-hmm. and they look like statues or something mm-hmm. or yeah. you know fine paintings it's just. I don't know. There's something very. I think you need to start off on that humane, empathetic beat, even if you're going to pull it back for the first half mm-hmm. of the film, where you're showing a kid's face and you're like, "This is who ultimately who is, um, whose life is at stake here. Who who are they mm-hmm. talking about?" Yeah. And the you know the lethargy of the judge who's just like saying his <laughs> yeah. lines without a care. You know, yeah. with, they, with, say with, those, they say those lines like four or five times a day, I think. Or yeah, more, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, the American judicial system is brought to you right there, and then you start to debate it and conflict mm-hmm. and challenge it. And so it's it's really cool. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I want to proceed to the next. Cause Go to the next. Go to the next. But maybe. I guess we have to, you know, yeah. for time. Um, but <laughs> Sorry, ensemble, Matt Damon. We ran out of time. Yeah, so, sorry to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. Sorry to the jurors. <laughs> we ran out of time. Uh, but y'all were great. Uh, Henry Fonda, you have beautiful eyes. And Lee Jacob, you just have the best. Well, we can talk a little bit more about our favorite performance in the question section. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, So the next kind of pillar I wanted to to, to bring up was um, the direction, because this is a master class. This is a master series. And I chose Sidney Lumet for a reason. Um, And I wanted to talk about what he brought on board and the vision he kind of instilled for this film to really uh, come alive and for the ensemble to find um, their energy, find their groove, find their presence, you know, active listening, reacting, blah, blah, blah. And I I, and I I said during the bonus so that Sydney is. Sydney, like I know him. Sydney, you know. Um, no, but Lumet is really an actor's director. And I wholeheartedly, I mean, if I had one one wish, if I had one thing, if I could bring someone back from, from dead and work with them, it'd be this person because I feel like he just gets the performances. He, he really fine-tunes them. I don't know how he does it. Um, but but it's proven in each of his films, as we will observe when we see the next two. Um, so what did he bring on board to really uh, emphasize performance, especially for this film, which is just about performance? You're not giving a lavish aesthetic. You're not given, you know, multiple sets or big special effects. You're getting one fucking set. You're getting one location. Sure, there's a bathroom, but that's it. And then it's the performances that will carry you through mm. 90 minutes. Mm. So back then, right, mm. did the director also was like director of photography or whatever? Like, did they do everything? Like, how many how, how many hats did these directors wear? Like, was it quite everyone do everything or was kind of like under one person? Well, I think it was. I think there was. There was. You know, this was like a classic um, crew setup, and that you had mm-hmm. a a director of photography mm-hmm. separate to Sidney Lumet. You had um. You know, um, Boris. The, I think Kaufman, I believe Boris Kaufman. Means. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, who was uh, I believe a a Russian cinematographer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who oh he shot on the waterfront as well. Yeah. The Eli Kazan film. 
for which he won an Academy Award for Best Cinematography, apparently. Indeed. But um, that's a beautifully shot film. So he's he's clearly like a master of the craft. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe this was a typical setup in which you had, yeah, like a director of photography, a, a gaffer, you know, you'd have had cameramen, ADs, perhaps, mm. even though it was like a very small contained setting. I'm pretty sure they had like a standard crew. And they and they shot in in one room, or did they have to like rebuild that room to get every shot? I would have imagined they'd have built you, that you know set. I, mean? I don't know because yeah. you're right. Because they could have just you know these days. I think it's more likely that they could find a room uh-huh. uh, because the cameras are a lot smaller these days. And they can and like the take out walls and stuff, right? Y- yeah, but it's much more. I I have no clue, but I imagine that this was filmed on a set on a on a studio. So they built mm-hmm. the room, and so like you said. They could move aside walls apart as they pleased to fit so they could move the camera in the way they wanted. Yeah, and you can see some shots were definitely cheated in that sense, especially mm. the last one where they're each getting their um, coats. Their coats. Um, the camera suddenly pans through the wall. So I think there were instances where like walls were brought up. So it, it mm. was it was it was, you know, in a studio, essentially is what I believe it to be. So then they can kind of cheat and manipulate mm. the set in, in ways um, for the camera to come in. Because these cameras were also like, you know, they were, they were big boys back then. Massive. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. going to Universal Studios. It, that's just what it reminds me of. Those massive, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and and action. And they're all smoking. Yeah. All right. We got, the shot, we got the shot. We got the shot. All right, Henry Fonda. Now, you go. Give me your monologue. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. Sidney Lumet probably definitely did not talk like that. Uh, but speaking of Henry Fonda, it was also the first film he ever produced. Well, the only film he's ever produced, I think. Yeah, so he brought he really brought on board the because I think he was the star. He was like most of the cast are all are all known as character actors, whereas he was mm. you know he was like big leagues. He was mm. you know one of the most indelible screen actors yeah. there were at that time. He was like the mm. Jack Nicholson of his time. Yeah. So did um, Lumet do the TV movie as well? No, no, no. He just he just he he kind of picked it up. Um, right after it was because he, he he i think it i, I think yeah. it got some some sort of success uh yeah. this tv film because two it, of the actors from that tv thing reprised their roles yeah yeah the, yes the indeed. latin person you mean the immigrant or no the, the the one who was like very well spoken and he like corrected the guy's grammar. I think he's number eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, Ed. Uh, uh, no, uh, sorry. Kos- I think it, the actor's name last name is like Kosovich or something. Yeah, yeah. He's George. Yeah, George He's the immigrant, yeah. right? He's he immigrant. The, yeah, yeah. But what he about was... the opposite guy? He was an immigrant too, or he was just he li- he grew up in the ghetto. No, that was the that's jury number five, who's uh you know a a, a born American citizen, I imagine. But he mm-hmm. his distinction was that he grew up in a rough part of town in Islam. Yeah. Okay. Which he could relate to to to, to the um, to the convicted uh, well not convicted but to the to the person that was charged with mm. with the murder. Yeah, um, but uh, well speaking of him actually, sorry, I did want to you asked the question about what do you think Sidney Lumet did as a director to please, kind of yeah, yeah. I think like there's a what I like is that he was really inventive with some of the camera movements and the editing in this film and the compositions to sort of make this really what could be a really mundane and repetitive setting uh come alive but at the same time he didn't force his hand too much i think you can sometimes see sing, like single location films or films that can like for example like we talked about um buried for example buried. That, that's why Which i asked I, about like exactly different shots yeah mm-hmm. okay well i think like that was a film that 
I think was both praised and criticized for kind of like over relying on using on creating really complex camera shots in mm -hmm. order to make this really uh, this single location interesting for an hour and a half. I don't think you know sitting you know maybe this wouldn't have been the kind of you know uh, techniques they'd have been using at the time. But it's not like Sidney Lumet's like constantly doing 360 shots and like it, he, he, he can be very like um, reserved and moderate. But then at certain points, he'll just have like a camera just sort of swoop into someone's face yeah. or have a yeah. really dramatic pan to another character mm. or he'll have it pull back when you want to get a wide, um, like a widescreen composition. Uh, I don't think, want like the one where the, the racist guy like goes sits in, yes. the, in the bin mm. like a... <laughs> and like they're all talking and then they like zoom out and they, I think there's a vote towards the end and then he's like yeah not guilty mm. yeah, so, yeah yeah I like yeah I like that shot that, that yeah. just reminded me he kind of introduces those tricks to increase the tension almost uh, of, of this drama and he also it, 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 it's it said that um, so he trained as a in the theater as an actor first and then as a director so I think he kind of knew how to relate to actors, perhaps, um, and he brought he brought that on board. I think with with this movie, it seems, um, but also it was it was the process of the rehearsal took almost uh, as long as the actual filming. So they mm. sat in that room mm. for for about you know uh, what was it two weeks or something, and they they crunched that script. You know, they they went forward with it. They went back with it. With it, you know, they went side to side. Like they made sure that the script was was just engulfed and like consumed by the actors. I guess they they also did that to make them kind of like feel what it's like to be in that room. Yeah, and then yeah. let it go, right? And then let it go. Yeah. So like as soon as I think the filming schedule was was supposed to be twenty days, and he did it in nineteen. And he was known for his efficiency and for his you Damn. know his swiftness. But I know? think the the re another reason why they would have probably wanted to rehearse that that many times was not just for the naturalism, but also because the blocking for a film like this would actually be really really hard. Well, yeah. what do because you mean? What's blocking? Uh, well, blocking's like where where the where the actors are meant to be standing for a certain mm -hmm. shot or positioning themselves. Or land because... on their mark, you know, or you exactly know. Yeah, because yeah. when you're getting when you have this many ca characters milling around a room, being in the background of a shot mm -hmm. for continuity, if someone's not doing the when they when they're cutting to like a wide shot and some if someone's in a different position or is not um, uh, sort of holding themselves in the same way, mm -hmm. then it's going to register with the audience. They're like, mm. there's like a, there's a disconnect. There. There's going to be a continuity mm -hmm. error. So they probably all had to learn not just their lines and their sort of their, you know, their deliveries. Mm. They had to learn like their block. I mean, I don't need to tell you Raphael about this, but like they had to learn their like movement and blocking yeah. to a fucking tea, you know, just oh, reminds me sure. of like Japanese. Have you ever seen videos of Japanese marching bands where they like, just crisscross into each other and everything is like timed so perfectly mm. it's just it's yeah. insane well it's i think that's also props to 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 again the ensemble just knowing their shit you mm. know just like really you know and the fact that they did it you know you know uh, below the actual um shooting schedule proves that that they were on top of their game it seems and that they finished you know prior to what the schedule had intended um and you're right, you know, landing your mark is one thing, but then having the lines, the motivation behind the character and all that heavy baggage. And then you have to, like, make sure you go to the end of the room and then sit down and then deliver your lines. And it's a it's a 20 page monologue or something like that. Right. So it's 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 really it has to be precise. It's rigorous. It's structured. It's detailed. 
Um, so maybe if there was a lack of detail in the surrounding, there's an incredible amount of detail mm. within the performances themselves. Mm. Um, where, as well as giving them free flow, which I'm sure there was a bit of naturalism thrown into the mix, but it does feel like, yeah, it, it feels like a, a, a cinematic play. You're watching yeah. a cinematic theater. That's, that's mm -hmm. what it seemed like, especially in one scene where they're in the bathroom, mm. but like... He took forever okay, to. So this is the one of the things. He took forever to like clean his hands. <laughs> his hand. No, but there was a point where he was like drying his hands like near the sinks, yeah. and then the person that was speaking to him was facing the other way. So he had his back to number eight mm. while he was washing his hands. Like, it was, it was really funny because he wa he didn't wash his hands and look straight where the mirror would be. He went to the side, put his back to the character, because the camera was coming from here. Mm. So like that to me just seemed stupid. Yeah, why wouldn't was... you face the character if I mean like the camera's here, it's... but they could have changed the camera angle. They could have... <clears throat> yeah. That that yeah, that that, that may have been one of those instances where they had mm. limit. They didn't have the right space yeah. to yeah. work with there. They were limited. Um, but uh, it's like just you reminded me of just there it was like the with the hand drawing thing, like how yeah. people have these actions when they're delivering lines in a scene in a film mm -hmm. that they just take way too long to do because <laughs> they need to finish the conversation. It's like yeah. I've been watching a lot of like I think I've told you guys I've been watching the Sopranos. <laughs> but like whenever like a, in the Sopranos a lot of characters like are eating spaghetti while mm. um talking. They and they twirl? do this thing where they just like twirl it and like mix around with it so much before taking a bite. Mm. You know what they do? Like, I mean that's in that's like, in like almost every TV <laughs> show or movie. Like yeah. whenever there's a dinner scene, it's just like they always just tap their food. Tap like the dog exactly. yeah. Yeah. Just tap <laughs> their food. Because continuity is a thing. Yeah. Because like, why if they're gonna eat the whole thing, then they have to get another meal come in, yeah. and it's and I get it now. But before, back then, when I didn't know anything about acting, it's like, didn't your mom tell you not, not eating this? Yeah, food? didn't your mom well, tell like you not shoes. to play with your food? Yeah, <laughs> like wearing shoes in bed. Oh my days! Don't, uh, <laughs> don't even get me started. Don't <laughs> that's me so confusing. Raf's triggered right now. I am. Well, because I grew up in like I'm Asia, an angry man. Right? I grew up in Asia, so I thought it was like normal for Westerns, Westerners to like wear their shoes in bed and like get out of bed. And it's like, I got my shoes. It's, <laughs> it's it, I mean, w talk about disrespecting your own house, man. Uh, I mean, talk I, about, talk about bringing out. Anyways, let's not get into it. Let's get into the third pillar, the final one. Um, thank you, Lumet. You are just, you're just amazing. Um, finding your notes <laughs> yeah finding my notes as i stole i'm like Lou met, Lou met, Lou met, this Lou is kind of like the acting we were talking about Ooh, we just like uh, with one, one more fun yeah fun. exactly just like slowly turning the page as i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to remember my lines i got i got a special fun fact mark. to stole uh, yeah before that last for the last uh lumet title theme thing um the whole movie was shot in 365 separate takes Noise. Yeah, I wanted to add that to your twenty days oh, or nineteen I, days thing. I did want to throw. Forgot. Yeah, I did <laughs> want to quickly throw in one other, not necessarily a fun fact, but one quick technical aspect of this film and the direction that I think is pretty cool. That I'm sure you guys read in your research, but the audience listeners should know is that uh, at the beginning of the film they used a different, uh, a wider, a certain kind of lens that made the actors seem further apart from one another. Um, and when they, mm. and as the film get, went, went on, they switched to these tighter and tighter lenses, 
which brought the the uh, actors oh. closer together. So it felt mm. more claustrophobic and like they were they were getting more in each other's business, you know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Raph, please continue. No, that's great. I mean, we're talking we're talking about long takes. We're talking about pans and swerves. We're talking about favoring loop de loops. Corkscrews. Yeah, we're talking about corkscrews. Talking about you know, we're talking about. <laughs> tables um we're talking about cigarette buds uh no like but 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 uh also to add into that is is and 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 to, to to reiterate the power of listening is he also finds moments where he gets two actors alongside one another where one let's say has a monologue but he fav he also favors the one next to him in listening paying attention to, to each detail and mm. having those moments are really just he really just knew how to how to be with actors and how to get how to get performances mm -hmm. out of them um and then yeah just in, highlighting these incredible monologues and giving that moment to, to each yeah. individual so no juror is left behind mm. anyways um so no jurors left behind like as in yeah. no juror like uh, oh, no, almost, none of the actors were left yeah like okay. I, yeah like doing nothing like they, they each have a moment they each have a sounded moment like like you're gonna whack one of those wise guys yeah yeah, no, yeah. It sounded like 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 no soldier left behind no soldier left behind yeah yeah no yeah. juror left behind, behind. there's no juror but yeah they each had a moment they each had a spark they each had um something that they brought to yeah. make them somewhat memorable from one because after you know it's 12 jurors that's yeah. you know that's that's it's, it, it's a hard to to get each each person to have you know a cherished moment but i think it, 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 and it all comes down to this the basically i think what you want to say is like the anger of the people in the room indeed like, yeah now now okay, now it's starting to come to me yeah yeah, little, yeah um yeah okay so yeah the third Take pillar away, is man. yeah no yeah just exactly what i wanted to the final point is is anger and heat i kind of wanted to talk oh. about that because that's you know mm. it's, it's in the title um so why is it there um and 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 how does it serve the drama how does it kind of simmer the drama to the boiling point to where it is and how each uh, each character is affected by heat affected by their own anger mm -hmm. affected by another person's anger how they influenced by this heat um to make a decision that maybe some didn't want to and then change and then go back and forth so yeah how did heat play a game in this movie how did heat play a game in this movie that makes sense i don't think so i did mean it, it's you know it did it, it did, definitely did yeah okay cool how did I, how did heat Play. So so one thing was like whenever I just the I feel like that didn't make sense. <laughs> whenever the the characters kind of felt awkward, they'd be like, uh, "What's what's what's wrong with this fan over here?" Yeah, and yeah, then like yeah. <laughs> play with it. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty funny like. They would like either go there or go to the window mm. and take some air. Um, yeah, yeah. Or instances of just getting up, going to the bathroom, but also mm. like I don't know. There was also a a a. A meticulousness to the sweating, to the perspiring. Um, yeah, it's tough because they would have. I think they they effectively made them look more and more sweaty <laughs> yeah. over the course of the film. So I wonder if they mm. shot it in sequence. You know, yeah, by that yeah. I mean whether they started with scene one and ended with scene whatever the last scene oh, was. That's a good um, fact. Because well, otherwise, and then filmed again and again and again. Like I, because like so a lot of movies are shot out of sequence mm -hmm. because you can't. You can't just get this, the locations and the actors yeah, when you or want the actors, them. Yeah. But in, in the great thing about having a film with the same people in the one in the one single room is that you can do it more like a play where you shoot it from the beginning through to the end. 
And that way you get to do things like you, for the costume and production design people, it's easier for them to kind of like make sure that they just get more and more progressively sweaty and like their armpit stains get more pronounced mm -hmm. over the course of it because they, mm -hmm. they just, you know, yeah, they can, they're doing it in sequence basically. Mm. But yeah, I think the heat is, um, I mean, it's not necessarily the most subtle metaphor, but yeah, it works, yeah. you know, it's but like the more and more these characters are kind of getting stuck in with one another and um, facing harsh truths, um, the heat is turned up on them and they mm. can feel it more and more. Yeah. They just seemed a little too calm for how hot it was. <laughs> like, like for just, me, I, I can we turn I, it I, up a little? I mean, I mean they, they were they shouting were a, bit... a lot by the end. Yeah, <laughs> you think yeah, so? Yeah. Like, well, I yeah, know, I think... they were listening a lot. I mean, maybe it's because of the purpose of the movie, but like, talk over each other a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, but that's uh, that's again to like maybe yeah. just give them each, you know, their space and time. But you know, like, like, um. Like you said, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Jack Warden, Drew number seven, the, the guy who was, you know, who definitely in this contemporary setting would be the racist one, would be the one that's like number seven. Uh, is it? Was it number seven? Is no, it seven's Jack? baseball? Number seven was yeah. Number seven was the um, the salesman who wanted number seven who wanted to make the uh, the Mets game. Mm, sorry, yeah. number seven. Which which one am I talking? Oh, Ed, oh, Ed Bagley, Ed, Ed Bagley, the um, yeah, the garage owner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number ten. Because mm -hmm. um, he he gets a beautiful moment where uh, I think he he has the him and 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 uh, juror number three have the the explosive monologues where they suddenly decide this is wrong. You couldn't be doing this, and they 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 let their anger get the best of them. I think, um, and they're suddenly they're suddenly throwing these lines um and i think the brilliant thing about about um that moment is that each and every character turns away each character gives the back mm. to him and and just that beautiful moment where he suddenly realizes that not he's not been bested but he's he's almost ashamed he's almost he almost feels like what he's doing uh doesn't doesn't serve anymore and that and that yeah his his anger got the best of him and that's exactly exactly what happens with juror three as well at the end where he mm. he tears up his his photo because what he sees is in this in this in this in this charged boy is his own son and and, and he tears the uh, his, his his the photo of uh, of his boy and and he completely submits to his vulnerability and I thought that's where, like, you know, the volcano just erupts on these characters, especially, and then they just melt. So, yeah. Mm. It was beautiful to watch, to watch that kind of... Mm. Yeah, so if, if there's anything else that you guys wanted to highlight about kind of that, the angry men themselves, mm. I know those two were, were, were the ones that did eventually explode, whereas the other ones had a kind of turn of key or, or had a bit of a of a switch um, from being, especially the, you know, the, the New York Knicks guy or not the New York Knicks guy, but the, 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 the kind of uh, standard New York and yeah, the Mets Ooh, guy. Cause Mets he, guy. he, he came in kind of like hot headed and, you know, you could have definitely imagined him to have like that kind of monologue, but at the end of it, he decided that, you know, he would rather choose to end this trial or like yeah. to end this. And that, and that's a, it's, I, it showed that he didn't care. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really liked. Yeah, not that he, or not that he didn't care, but he just couldn't Selfish. bring himself to. Act, it was almost too difficult for him to actually treat this as something mm. that is life or death. You know, yeah. Yeah. that's why I like I mean, that part where he like switched over to not guilty, 
And yeah. he said, and he said, I think he dismissed it as, oh, whatever, I'm not guilty. I've got a ball game to go to. And one yeah. of the people who's actually trying to get them all to change to not guilty turns on him and says, like, that's your reason for changing to not guilty? Like, mm. a man's life is in your hands and you switch over just because of a ball game? Like, at least stand by your principles, whether they're right or wrong, you know? It was, uh, I believe, juror number 11 who, who, who opposes him, uh, who kind of stands for Yeah, forward. who gets pissed, yeah. even though he was still voting guilty. Yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Which I, yeah. But I mean, so those instances with number three and number 10, I thought they were, like, super lame. Yeah. Like, I thought those... <laughs> just like that's why i didn't like i guess those characters i was like to me your problems with your son and this random dude that you are gonna charge i mean the connection just didn't seem natural to me and then the whole turning your back on him like okay visually that might be like cool this is what seven years after world war ii so maybe that's like the kind of way that people should react towards racism at that time. But like, to me, as someone who lives in 2021, yeah. it was just like, mm. okay, just don't say anything and, and turn around. <laughs> like, yeah, I know for sure. It definitely had an it, old, I mean, yeah. obviously it had an old fashioned I mean, way that it's, yeah. if you I mean, bring that's, it in... that's something that would be like, that didn't age well for me. Yeah. But they're uh, let it, they're letting well, the thing is yeah. by, by if they had turned on him and say, you can't say that, like we, which we all agree, sh you should admonish someone if they're. Mm -hmm. But like they let him fall into his own trap. It's just like mm -hmm. Addis, like Raf said, you the, with juror number ten and number three. There are these two instances where you, if you just let them keep talking and mm -hmm. keep giving into their anger, they'll eventually say something they know themselves is wrong. Mm -hmm. Them turning their back on them was not to say you know we're we're okay with you doing yeah. this. It's more like listen to yourself. You. I mean, I wish, I wish that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure that's the thing like at least maybe at that time he didn't have the platform you know if when it's 12 mm. people in a room 11 people in a room and they don't want to listen to you then it's kind of weird if you just shout mm. but like if that same issue happened today and it's social media i mean yeah it's the, for yeah. sure and this film i think can be carried in, in time you know as time mm. evolves as we as a culture as a society continue to 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 grow and learn like this film or the premise of this film can be carried throughout it mm. you know which is why i think it's it's kind of timeless at least the premise of it because you can always find instances where you can contemporize it um i, I do have one okay thing. so well, well, let us before we go on into questions before we go into questions, uh, yeah. sorry, I did have one quick question. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I oh, you had a question just, with a question? I, I know. I'm just really stumbling over my words here. You oh, just brought up quickly about how it how it's relevant to today. Mm. And I did, I this may be a somewhat sensitive subject, but I did wonder, mm -hmm. with all the conversation going around on around the idea of cancel culture today, yeah. do you think this film takes on a particular kind of relevance? Do you think that perhaps... Um, now, this is heralded as like a very progressive, forward-thinking film. Mm. But do you think some of the way in which, in the court of public opinion, people out there tend to, quote-unquote, cancel people without really a second thought for a perceived misdeed, without really giving them due process, mm. do you think this film is actually kind of taking the other side there? I do I do believe that. I do believe that it's giving voice on on... On empathy, especially in situations where suddenly you are creating an action that is not received by the other party or that is not received by society, and suddenly you're being judged and you're being cancelled by the actions that you took. 
Whereas if we do value human life, we should consider what they were and and how they were being held. I mean, I, I, I know that just walking the grounds of Lambda, that we apolo- almost apologize before we say something that could be misleading or could be bad. Um, and that takes away from like maybe being authentic and having a say on something. Because if you're going to say something and then quickly apologize, then are you really meaning it? But I think that's the fear of being canceled. Because suddenly mm. you can say something and you're like, oh, mm. shit, uh, no, please don't. I want to still be a part of your group. Or, and we're, we're, maybe we're getting more sensitive or I, I don't know. Or maybe it's just this world that we're thrust upon. Um, but I do think that this film definitely puts the human as an empathetic creature uh, or who, who should be valued as an empathetic creature and be viewed from all sides. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very, yeah, it's a very complicated question and complicated answer. I mean, it's, I'm not going to get into it because yeah. it's going gonna, gonna, to be like <laughs> yeah, half yeah, an yeah. hour of me just ranting. So, um, well, for yeah. another episode, let yeah. For for bonus episode. Episode. Apologies for, for interrupting. Let's go into the uh, questions then. But no, it's I think it's needed because on a day like this one, we're like it felt it felt kind of perfectly almost because we're talking about twelve angry men and jurors mm. and jurors and jurisdiction and you know Derek Jovan just got sentenced. Yay! Um, <laughs> so, anyways, let's carry on to questions, and I'm gonna close my book for notes because I don't need it anymore. <laughs> but. Actually, maybe I didn't need it because I'm going to be like, what are the questions? But I think the first question is, um, what is your favorite scene? Yes, correct. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. What, are, what, was, what was your guys' favorite scene um, in this film? And whoever, you know, take the mic, go for it. Um, well, actually, I can, I can say mine really quickly because Jabril actually already brought it up. I know you didn't like this scene. But I actually loved the shot where after juror number 10, I believe, the one played by Ed Begley, father of Ed Begley Jr., uh, gave that uh, suddenly racist tirade, that wide shot where you pull away slightly and all the other jurors slowly turn their back on him. I think it's beautiful. It's completely unrealistic. It's expressionistic. No, it's like it's one of those moments where I think the film departs from reality in a way and becomes more like a moving a renaissance painting. painting exactly and yeah. i i think you know those shifts in kind of like tone or aesthetic might uh be con- be considered like lazy by some or um unearned or kind of inconsistent mm. but i just i maybe because i was swept up in the movie by that point it really worked for me so that's my mm. favorite scene i think just quick quick thing i think the reason why stuff like that kind of like i find lame it just reminds me of like the after credits of that 70s show they would always do kind of like weird expressionist kind of like things and i guess that reminded me of it I just i just can't take things like that seriously sometimes <laughs> not the first time this film has been compared to that 70s show yeah, just, i mean i get that a lot i get yeah i get that a lot it was like a cold closing or a cold like a cre- after credits yeah, yeah, yeah. funny yeah. yeah. jibril any favorite any favorite instances any favorite scenes any favorite moments mm. Nah. <laughs> um, the, op- the 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 opening yeah yes yeah, the opening was was i think if that like like i said before if that scene didn't happen i don't think mm-hmm. the movie would have been as effective but like it also plays more with the perceptions of people it's mm-hmm. like if you didn't see it was like a person of caucasian descent chances are when you hear words like that neighborhood those people blah 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 you're not thinking yeah, of yeah, someone yeah. that looks like that mm, yeah, so yeah, i think yeah. that initial scene kind of sets the tone 
even though they don't say specifically that this person is this ethnicity or this social class, they mm -hmm. kind of hint things. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, uh, to think about movies with and without scenes in them. Mm, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, you take that away. And is, is this film completely changed by it? Mm. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite scene was uh, the knife stabbing scene, actually, where they're each taken apart. Oh, at, yeah. Uh, reenacting, <laughs> reenacting that moment of like, you know, he came up from here. No, he came down from here. Because it just, at that point, I was I, I, I was so enloped in this film that I, I fell through the tension. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get stabbed. And especially the first one that came up, because I think he had tension with Henry Fonda mm. from the get-go. So initially you're thinking wait a minute what's gonna happen and i don't of course nothing will happen but i i couldn't help myself but you know to bite my nails because i just think like they get a knife and they start you know reenacting the crime scene and then it's again that's maybe proposing a bit of action or a bit of oh, tense action in in this film so it was really cool really, i mean this really is a film where one of the set pieces is a dude walking from one side of the room yeah. to the other yeah, and it was like go 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 <laughs> okay why did why don't you think he like moved like walked into the bathroom why did he have to do the go there and come back? Oh, because like it would have been awkward. They wouldn't have been able to follow him into the bar. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like they just, just there's like everyone. All of them wait, and then he comes back out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it would have been a cool shot, like in my opinion. Like if they like move, like if there was like a fracas, they all decided to move the the tables aside, and then the guy stands in the middle and he's like, "I'm gonna walk," and this tracking shot goes and then comes back and stuff. I think that would have been cool. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you listening, Lumet? Are you listening? Yeah, um, listen to Mister. <laughs> listen, listen to my Habibi. All right. <laughs> so, uh, next favorite performance, I believe it is. Um, I would say uh, Jack Klugman. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Who played Juror Number Five? That was the one who was from the um, the quote unquote slums, or from mm -hmm. the bad neighborhood himself. Mm. I just think he had this kind of um. He had a dignity, but at the same time, he had that. He played that sort of uh, quiet resentment and or that simmering resentment. He looked like the, the guy so from well. the Warriors, the orphans. Oh yeah, he did a little bit. Yeah, he kind of had the long face. Yeah. But anyway, there's that scene where he's just kind of like, up until that point, he's been really quiet and kind of afraid to announce himself in that room because probably like a lot of people who come from underprivileged backgrounds, they're told to be quiet perhaps so they don't really insert themselves into situations but then when someone started talking about like that neighborhood and how they're all the same his eyes just flash with this sense of injustice and righteous anger and i just really really liked it in his performance in this mm. gabriel um it's it's a toss-up for me mm -hmm. between um number four number six and number eight so Fonda, I guess, mm, okay, because yes. he's the main character and it's mm. does a pretty sick job with what <laughs> yeah. he had to do. Um, but I do eyes. like, yeah. Um, his eyes, man. His eyes. There was something about numbers, juror number six and juror number four that like felt like real people. Like mm. actually the way they like, um, like the super analytical number four who like really just wanted to, the wanted the facts. And then mm. once he was proven wrong he was like oh okay i see that and then yeah. changed and, the second one um, the second last one to be convinced yeah hmm. and then number six was um i don't know he just kind of seemed like i don't know i feel like i see similarities with that guy mm. edward bins yeah mm. mm -hmm. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, and again, it's it's hard to to choose one, right? Because mm. you know, a lot of them do a fine job. Uh, for me, and I think I've 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 said this throughout this, but Lee, Lee Jacob, uh, I. I felt that that man, he's a theater man. Like you could just tell in his mm. voice, in the power of his voice, like that last monologue, especially when he takes a breath and he spill, spews out these words. You're like thinking, man, this is, this is an actor who's, 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 who's generated power in his voice to an audience of like, you know, a thousand plus people. This is a man who can carry a voice uh to 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 seats beyond um and he really brought in this film and it worked for this film maybe it doesn't work for 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 cinema these days but it worked for this film and apparently he 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 immortalized himself by giving a the, one of the finest arthur millers in deathless salesman in 1949 um uh as willie loman um so yeah he's as a as a theater man myself this 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 man i i give huge credit to mm uh yeah uh okay uh to to hurry it up a bit because i think are we running out of time i don't even know i don't know who knows uh we just hit like 55 minutes so we're perfect beauty um so what's age the best uh i will say i think oh um i'm gonna go with um this the cinematography no wait no sorry i'm gonna say sorry i'm hopefully, hopefully i'm not stealing anyone else's answer here but i'd say this is a bit of a broad answer but i'd say the themes of tolerance and empathy mm-hmm. i think um i think those never those never die out and those mm-hmm. are never not relevant and it feels more relevant than ever today but i'm sure it's it always has been and always will be mm-hmm. and so that's why people need to see stories like this i think mm-hmm. mm. Raph? uh yeah I, that, i'm piggybacking on on mm-hmm. you uh for me it's yeah the value of human life uh, which this mm. film kind of uh, epitomizes. Um, it really uh, finds power in, in in valuing one life and and the decision to not just put this one life in prison, but to end one life and mm. to really have twelve other lives be that factor. Mm. Yeah, I guess for me specifically, what age the best is the the way they showcase the the legal system in the mm. u.s oh yeah um yeah specifically that <clears throat> so mm. yeah. nice all right age the worst jabriel okay uh, uh, for me it's i guess two things the the setting and the the costume design like i said mm. before i thought they were bland they could have done a lot more with that especially when it comes to like social class or just giving depth like mm. yeah there's the the camera angles and things like that but i think depth and change in texture would be would be nice with what they wear and where they where they are mm. um and then yeah the other thing was just um the way they tackled i guess racism or social injustice for me doesn't age well not enough mm. No, mm. not enough mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. for sure i mean uh, like it's 12 12 caucasian men talking about a a, a criminal who is caucasian and like if mm. you don't fall into that are you even human Mm, yeah. Like, mm. you know, there's no women. There's no people yeah. of color. There is the the one juror who's of Latin descent, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty white film. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Quite white. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, totally agree with you there. Uh, Ollie. Uh, yeah, I would have probably said the lack of a female or non-Caucasian mm. perspective, but I'm gonna say 
just to make it a little bit more interesting. The indoor smoking. I think... I don't know if that's aged the worst or maybe aged the best in kind of like a nostalgic way. <laughs> but I would have just felt if you'd have been in this hot, sweltering room with all these loud dudes and then everyone was just like smoking. <laughs> you would have yeah. just been like... <laughs> and there was there was like no action to like try and smoke somewhere else. Maybe they, yeah, once no they one... went to the window, I think. Just no, but no one, gave a, no one gave a crap in those days. They smoked wherever the hell you wanted to. No, but in to. the movie, I think they go to the window at one point. There are some. Oh, right, there, are right, some right. there are some. But we're not, right. we're not, you know, we're, we're pretty accustomed to like mm. huddling around, especially a heat, you know, environment mm. and smoking our cigarettes in yes. Singapore. We're known. We're known. But that, was, that would be outside. You wouldn't be indoors. True, oh, true. This is like a, a permanent smoking room wherever you went to in the 50s. Yeah. Just like yeah, a smoking yeah. room. This was, this was, this was Zirka's smoking room. Uh, except with no 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 aircon. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, for me, what's aged the worst? Yeah, I guess the lack of a female presence, the the lack of a varied um, uh, lack of a, a varied cultural uh, significance in the film. So yeah, you're just presented mm -hmm. with one culture, one ethnicity, let's say, and that's what you're that's what you're given. Which I think. You know the remakes have have kind of sub, uh, you know changed that quite quite a lot, especially the nineteen ninety. Um, suddenly, you're getting different people, uh, different genders, um, and th that's what this film can can really do with mm. is is being changed and being contemporized. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm excited to see that that, that happen. Um, but yeah, so piggybacking on you, Gabriel, a little bit there. Um, okay, last but not least. Uh, uh, before we close this, this chapter off. Bonus. Bonus question. Bonus. <laughs> mystery question. Mystery, 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 mystery. mystery. Um, finish it. Finish it. <laughs> uh, I guess, well, I guess this kind of falls into the trap of favorite performance, but like, who... Yeah, who's who's your favorite juror? Well, maybe who maybe you should phrase maybe you should phrase the question like, no, which juror would you like to go get a beer with? Oh, days, <laughs> there we go. There's my mystery nice. question. Yeah, which, that's a which, different question. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which juror? Which juror would you like to have a drink with? You know, mm. uh, on a Friday night. Hmm. Okay, this is probably not for the... me. It's definitely not. Definitely not number definitely one. Definitely not the race, the really racist guys. Definitely, definitely not, not Lee Jacob. He's a bit too intense. Yeah, yeah. definitely um, not. Definitely not the guy that talks like Disney in your movie. I found his own. Probably not number that guy two. either. Definitely <laughs> not the stockbroker because he seems like a tough hang. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm gonna go like... for the advertising. I'm gonna go for the advertising guy, uh, uh, Robert mm. Weber. Cannot. Nah, cannot lie. Cannot. <laughs> no, but he, he seems, seems so like full of himself. He's so yeah, flaky as well. True. Oh, true, true. He'd be like, yeah, I'll be there in 10. I'll be like, you know, I'd be like, do you want a beer then? He's like, what are you going to have? I'll be like, I don't know, like a probably whiskey and coke. He's like, yeah, I'll have a whiskey coat. I'm like, well, I'm feeling like a beer. He's like, yeah, yeah, I want a beer too. <laughs> ah, you're right. You're right. Oh, you know what? Okay, fine. fine. Final decision. Oh, fuck. I feel like I'm that guy now. Uh, no, jury 11, uh, George Boscovec, um, the immigrant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would, would he be, seems like, would be very he seems like an interesting character. Yeah, and yeah. he's a watchmaker, isn't he, as well? Mm, which means he is. He could he won't maybe be hook you up. He can, yeah. yeah. I would, I'd, I'd say um, juror number... Um, Oh my god, the really um I think is is juror number two? Yes. The, oh the, the really the really guy. meek guy. Yeah, yeah. you know that guy is the um the vo the actor is the voice of of um oh the pig, the little pig from uh Piglet in, in Winnie the Pooh. Oh 
And um, uh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he obviously, obviously is really meek and unpretentious, but he's mm. kind of sweet. And I feel like if he got a few drinks in him, he could be really fun. So, he yeah. probably is funny. He's probably funny. And he's guy. sweet. He'd probably pick up the bill as well. Oh, true. Or you could bully him into that. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Um, okay. I'd probably go with number five. The Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah, it seemed yeah. like, you know, he knows his shit. Yes. Like, if I were to be, like, on a street and I was going to get mugged, I wouldn't be with any other person in that room but that guy because he knows what he's doing. Mm. He knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Very he's the he's the one that's because uh, they they've all they've all passed um, R.I.P. But I think he was the last one to pass in 2012. He, he seemed like he was the youngest. Mm. Mm. Yeah, nineteen twenty two to two thousand twelve. He was mm. ninety years old. Damn, that's a long. Oh, time. another fun fact about the interesting looking blade. Uh, it's a combination of an Italian switchblade and an Indonesian dagger. The, the trophy. Oh. Yeah. Wow, yeah. there's that kind of cross-cultural mm. thing that we needed from this film. Ah, uh, well, well, thank you very much for participating yeah. in this talk with me. <laughs> You're no, welcome. like it's 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 a pleasure to to go through this uh, Lumet, you know, yeah. hole with you guys. Uh, I'm gonna watch he, Dog Day. Oh, I can't wait! Dinglings. I can't wait. What's, what's I'm watching that tonight. Word? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm watching Dog Day yep. afternoon. Yeah. Dog day diggling. <laughs> Dog day digglings. Um so thank you very much. And Jabril, you may just take ticket over with Yeah. Oh so... shit. Well, ratings, don't we? We have ratings. Yeah, well, ratings, 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 ratings. Uh okay. Well I'll go first since this was my film, and I'll give this twelve angry men out of you uh... I know I I feel like I took all these uh <laughs> Yeah, my last pun, the last. The I last thought I was being pun. really clever, but <laughs> uh, no, no, me and you, we think alike. We think alike. Um, I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten armpit stains. <laughs> There's a lot of armpit stains in this film. Indeed, there is. Um, I will give it seven point five. Interesting daggers out of ten. Yeah, it's an interesting dagger you got. Um, all right, well. Hey, that's a whole two up from what I gave it originally. Apparently. Wow. Oh, you you I went gave through it the experience. We kind of did the whole twelve angry men routine on you, Jabril. Oh, you came yeah, in here yeah. being like, "Fuck this movie." Guilty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I watched this one on Sunday. I must have been pissed. Ah. <laughs> European Super League, that's why. Yeah. 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 That's why I angry. Yeah. Hey, there's, there's 12 angry men for yeah. you. Yeah. Five it's angry more like teams. 12 million angry fans, more like. Yeah, 12. Yeah. <laughs> We're right. outside of Chelsea Stadium. Anyway. Yeah. Um. All right, okay, so let's end this up before I start talking about James Milner. So before we get going, I want to say thank you and to the guys. And uh, oh, fuck, shit, I'm messing this up. Because I'm thinking about James Milner now. Um, what would James yeah. Milner do in this moment? He would like, he would share, he would subscribe, comment, five star, he'd do all that jazz. And thank you for listening, and catch you guys next time for the second movie, Dog Day Afternoon. Adios. Move it, Hey guys, if you like the show, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Movie Newbie, and you can also search The Movie Newbie on Medium for really cool, spoiler-free reviews. So, till next time, guys. Enjoy.